Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. And Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? Happy Friday. Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. I am riding solo today. We're going to do something a little uh, different than we usually do. Raja is out. Hannah's working on CBS Sports HQ. You should go check that out for sure. CBSSportsHQ.com. Uh, it's pretty cool. All your sports and information, news, highlights, 24-7, and it's free. That's the best part about it. So my man Debo is going to hold it down with me today. And five-star Q&A is one of our favorite segments that we do every week. And uh, we're going to do a kind of a, a hybrid version of that where usually we have to you have to go subscribe and download on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And in the review, leave us a question. This time we just opened it up for a little t- uh, Twitter Q&A. And Instagram. And Instagram. We threw it out there too. A little bit. So if you don't, make sure you go follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Canel and Bell. And uh, we're going to jump all over the place because it is – I've perused a couple of these questions and they're all over the place, which is actually what I love. Um, but also I wanted to give a shout out to our listeners, our bench warmers, because we've been up for about six months and you guys have been doing a fantastic job interacting with us on Twitter. Debo holds down our Twitter handle, does a fantastic job with that. But, uh, we really appreciate all the support. We've, uh, we've really grown a lot in the first six months. We're looking forward to bigger things to come. We do have a couple announcements in the next probably month that you'll hear about and you might even be able to see. So, uh, we're excited about some things that the, uh, Canel and Bell podcast has coming up uh, in the near future. So make sure you're uh, keeping an eye out for that. All right. You ready to go? Let's do it. Let's All not right. avoid anything at the start. Let's get right into right. it. Let's do it. We're not meant to avoid anything nope. on this pod. From Kelly underscore V underscore 22, is Danny Cannell overrated or underrated? Ooh. So there should be a properly rated <laughs> option in this one. I would say, see, I don't know if our bosses listen to this. I'd say, I'm going to say underrated. I'm going to say I'm under the radar right now. Agreed. Uh, Flying Hog, I don't know if he agrees with this. <laughs> Flying Hog, 1961. How do you still have a job? That is a fantastic question. Maybe and another one I, for hey, our bosses. Every, yeah, exactly. Every time I wake up, I say, I can't believe I get to do this for a living. I get to talk about sports. It's a great gig. I would be doing it anyway if I was out playing golf with my buddies, if I was out hanging out. Uh, you know, I'd be on Twitter anyway, talking smack, doing all this stuff. And it is my job, so I feel very fortunate to do it. So I don't even know the answer to that question. You're going to sense an early theme here. And <laughs> Levi G5020 is a guy on Twitter talking smack. Uh, do you believe the shit that comes out of your mouth? <laughs> All right, Levi G5020. I will never, I make this promise to you, Debo, and to all of our listeners, I will never make something up, a take, just to have a different angle, to have a different side, to get reaction. I promise. Everything I put out there, I actually do believe the crap that comes out of my mouth. One more of these. We're going to hold off <laughs> on SEC talk until later. Make okay. you guys listen. Yeah, there was some Stay of those. Tuned. I saw some of those coming in. This one from Dar36830. You love the ones that just have all the numbers in it because you can tell they're just trolls off the bat. Yeah. Why do you keep talking? Well, it's my job. Right. I get paid to do it. And uh, I actually enjoy it. I enjoy going back and forth. I actually love it when there's a debate, when there's a conversation that goes back and forth. That is one of my favorite things about social media is the back and forth. Like I, I sometimes think about what this business was like before 
like if you were doing a radio show and all you had was callers, but you really didn't have that instant feedback. And now you know people either love or hate what's coming out of your mouth within 10 seconds. Like you get the replies. So uh, I don't know. I like it. And I, I do get tired of Twitter sometimes because it does get it does become a grind and it can wear on you all the negativity. That's why I kind of I haven't been tweeting as much the last couple months. I just kind of took a little break from it, put out a little bit. But uh, I'm going to start interacting a little more because I like the back and forth. This one from me. How would you grade your Twitter persona in 2018? Remember that yes. New Year's resolution? Yeah. I, I see. I Give know. Give me a letter grade. I, um, I'd say C. <laughs> because I, cause I do not – I haven't tweeted as much. But I also know I'm like this isn't going to be a popular take because I do feel Twitter is a very certain demographic. I don't feel there are a lot of people – that think the same way that I do are out there. So if I come out with a take against paying college athletes, I know it's going to get slammed by a younger millennial generation that, you know, wants them paid or something along those lines. So I do get that. Um, so I don't, I'd say C, but I, but I don't want to change who I am just to appease the masses. Sometimes I've wondered that. Wouldn't it be fun just to put stuff out there that's snarky, yes. that kind of goes along with the crowd, that just gets a ton of boatload of retweets and likes because it falls in line with the popular opinion? But I don't want to do that. It's not about the likes, not about the retweets. That's right. About what you believe. Uh, now that we're done with that slander, yeah. a little bit of fun. This one, I'm just going to say it, my favorite question out of all of them, from Matt Gathman, a loyal listener of the pod. Would you rather take a 102-mile-per-hour foul tip to the groin or – be choke slammed by Raja. <laughs> I'll say all day long I'd rather be choke slammed by Raja. I don't want anything going near the groin. Um Raja too. I think we should actually do this. Like we need to go out and shoot some hopes with Raja. Uh, and no, but I was gonna say, like, we should reenact the Kobe clothesline. And it's either you or me who's going down, because we can't have Hannah get nah, clothesline. But we we should do that. We should do some sort of reenactment. So, so what do we do to make Raja mad to get to that point? Because yeah, because Raja says he, says he blacked, blacked out. out. Yeah. Blacked out. Um, I don't know. I, he don't hasn't got that something. fired up. We haven't really got into it about any like where we've gotten that heated. But I, you know, what we can do. It should be some kind of Hurricanes versus Seminoles deal. Like that's what I think would get him fired up. I like that. From Casey Smith, what are better, <sighs> pancakes or waffles? Uh, waffles. I don't like the way syrup just kind of seeps in, just soaks in the pancake. Like it just becomes part of the pancake. But with waffles, it actually holds it in the little squares. And I never used to be a big pancakes or waffles guy. I wasn't, I'm not a big breakfast guy. But now that I have kids, like I take them out to breakfast all the time. And so I end up eating their leftovers and waffles because it just holds there perfectly. That was a much more educated take than I thought you would have on See that? that? <laughs> uh, from Go Robe. College football traditions, what is your number one? I mean, come on. It's everybody's number one, Debo. It's when you see Renegade and Chief Osceola come out at Dope Campbell Stadium, right there at the 50 with the burning spear. The whole crowd's doing the tomahawk chop, and he slams it down, plants the spear. There's nothing better. There are here. a lot of good ones. Like I, Number two. Um, probably, there's a couple. Probably Clemson. Coming down, rubbing the rock, coming down the hill, like that's pretty cool. Although I would be terrified if I was a player that I would trip and bust it. Come, that's a steep hill. I've actually been down yeah. it and tried. You can get out of control in a hurry. Um, the other one too, and I've actually met the Eagle, the War Eagle from Auburn, and Auburn's like a fantastic place to watch a game. 
but I've actually met that thing is huge. But to see that come down like before the game and circle the stadium, I think that's pretty cool. Although I don't think that's in anyone's top five college football traditions at all. This is kind of our college football section from Casey Nelson. Your favorite college stadium to play in, not Doak. Uh, this one's easy, but it's one that nobody else will be able to play in again because it's the old Orange Bowl since uh, closed. I actually played in the last game ever held at the old Orange Bowl. It was the Orange Bowl when we played Notre Dame. It was my senior year. We closed it out with a win. But that place, so that was a highlight for my career. But one of my worst games, one of my worst moments ever was in my junior year when I started down there. We were playing Miami. We were both top 10. And uh, I threw three picks, got benched. And I remember because Mark Richt was our quarterback coach. And so he called me into his office. Um, he's like, hey, he's like, this game's different. And I was like, and I had some success. Like it was four or five games into the season. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. It's going to be a different game. Like it'll be a lot of speed. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, he's like, it's going to be crazy. He's like, it's going to be loud. These guys are fast. They're going to hit. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go out there and I kind of was like, all right, it's going to be different. There was a lot of media coverage. First drive of the game. We go down the field like five or six plays like clockwork. Like just, and I'm like, this ain't that big a deal. Like this is a piece of cake. Get down in the red zone, try to squeeze one in like a tight window, throw a pick. And from there, it was all downhill. Ray Lewis, Warren Sapp, a ton of NFL dudes on that defense. And they just got after me all night long. And Warren Sapp did not stop letting me hear about it. I got benched when I got back to Tallahassee. This kind of dates me a little bit. But I played back my answering machine, and there were like four or five messages of people just berating me, like, you should have your scholarship revoked. You suck. And that was the moment that I unlisted my number because I had it public. Yeah, I was going to say, how'd they get your number? Because it was like in the phone book. you because know, when you were doing well. You yeah, exactly. Call. Exactly. So that's when, that's when I uh, unlisted my number from that moment how forward. How many times do you play in the Orange Bowl? Um as a starter, just that one twice. So the that game, the, my worst, and one of my worst, worst and one best. of my best. Yeah. All right. The next one, um, talking about the favorite college stadium to play in. This one from Adam Lemarice. Favorite college football stadium you've called a game at besides Florida State? Um, that's actually been one of the fav- my favorite parts of this job has been to get to travel all and over. see a lot of them. I actually haven't been to many SEC games. I don't know. Maybe I should go easier on them so yeah, they the let invite. me call them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've been to a lot of them, not actually called a game there. One of the underrated ones was the Blue Turf, Boise. I've called that one. But probably my favorite one that I just saw this past season was Nebraska. Like getting to go to Lincoln and they were awful. Like they had a bad year, but they have the, I think they have the record for most sellouts, consecutive sellouts. The fan base is phenomenal. Like the sea of red and it's a pretty cool atmosphere. I've called games. How about atmosphere besides just stadium? Ah, uh, Clemson. Entire Saturday atmosphere. Clemson. 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 But I, I will say this, because I've called games at Arkansas, I've called games at Mississippi State, like not exactly the premier SEC programs, but tailgating scenes, you can't beat that. You don't, no one even comes close. Like not I was doing an Arkansas, no, it's crazy. It's Arkansas was doing a game. I remember the first time I went to an SEC game, it was an Arkansas game and it was, um, it was in Fayetteville. And I'm pulling, I remember driving to the game and I'm like, we're not even close to the stadium. And there were RVs like backed up and it was packed. And this is like three hours before the game. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of different. And every, everybody tailgates, but the magnitude and the dedication to the craft, like big screen TVs, 
cookers, like all this, like just to the nines. Like it was, it was super impressive. I know we have some Penn State listeners out there. Oh, here they we go. A, a little proud. I actually, I've say, never been to a Penn State game. Wow. I've never been to the campus. Got to change that. Yeah. Got to get Canelo. Because I would, and that's the thing. Like there are other schools that can rival the SEC. But top to bottom, oh, absolutely. nobody does it like the SEC. From FSU two times, what will it take for Coach Bowden to get his wins back? Ooh. The fact that Paterno did, dot, dot, Yeah, dot. speaking from your Penn State guy. <laughs> uh, sadly, I don't think it'll happen, but the games happen. Like That's why I think it's the dumbest thing in the world that the NCAA does when they dock teams for wins or they take away titles or they take away trophies as they did with Reggie Bush. I think it's probably the dumbest um, punishment that you could give, find the universities, like do something different than, you know, harming the guys that played that probably had nothing to do with it. Now, a lot of guys were cheating, but you still do something different. From Brian Martinez, why does Lamar Jackson get no love, but Baker does? So that's a good question because they're both Heisman Trophy winners. They both had phenomenal years in their respective Baker was better, I will say that. But Lamar Jackson, I think, is the sleeper pick of this draft. I thought he should have been grouped with those top five quarterbacks, or four quarterbacks. I thought he should have been in that group. Uh, and I think he's probably in one of the best situations because I think the Flacco era is coming to a close. And I think he is one of the most talented athletes you're going to see playing the position. And I think I think he could, he could really be – a Michael Vick 2.0. From Alec Karen, if you could choose any NFL team to play for, who would you pick? And then same thing goes for the MLB. So I wasn't a huge NFL fan growing up. Uh, I rooted for the Dolphins, but I wasn't aware of like franchises, history. I mean, just from a casual fan perspective. But I was really lucky to play for the two of the organizations I played for. The Giants, when I was drafted by them, it's an outstanding organization. Playing in New York is different. It really is. It's the biggest media market in the world. You get better opportunities, uh, whether it's endorsements, whether it's broadcasting or otherwise. Um, and then Denver. The Denver Broncos was a, fascin- a, a fantastic franchise. I would say I'd probably go back and do it with the Giants. And then Major League Baseball, it's a no-brainer. I grew up a Yankees fan. I would say Yankees all day long. And I think that's probably what every Major League Baseball player would say. So from Wes Roberts, back to your baseball days, which current MLB pitcher do you think resembles your style? Uh, what was your style? That's a good question. So I threw 91-92 coming out of high school. Um, pretty good movement. I had a decent curveball. I threw a split finger. I don't know. I don't, I don't know enough. You guys tell us based on that yeah, description. Right, exactly. Sweet back like, at because us. Because I actually remember because the split finger was co- the, the San Francisco Giants kind of had this whole staff that was throw- that had a bunch of guys, but then it became like this controversial pitch because guys were blowing out their arms. So when I got to Florida State, I was playing baseball. I was trying to do both. I was trying to be Shohei Itani before it happened, and uh, they let me do it. They let me play both just because I was kind of just trying to find a way on the field, but they wouldn't let me throw the split finger, and it really like. I hated it because I felt like it was one of my better pitches. Um, I don't know. I'd have to find out a guy. Like I would love to say like Roger Clemens or Nolan Ryan. Like that would, that would have been my goal to be like them, but I wasn't reaching 95, 96. Now I gave it up when I was 19, 20 because I stopped playing my sophomore year. And then when I went back and played minor league baseball, I played as a position player. I wonder what I could have gotten up to because I didn't lift very much. Like if I would have pushed myself 
started lifting, getting into a heavy routine and seeing if I could have got my velocity up, I would have said my mentality would have been like those guys. Like I like to go after guys. Shohei before Shohei. So yeah. I think I know the answer to this next one. And if you've been listening to the pod, I thank you guys too. From Doug Girth. What do you think of Kyler Murray at OU, elite footballer and potential first-round MLB draft pick? What's the choice, stay or go? All right. You might be surprised by this, Debo. I say why not do both mm. because <coughs> – excuse me. All right. I say do both because you can get paid for Major League Baseball and you can still play college football. And I would basically approach it – now, this is – you have to get drafted by a team that will let you do this if you're a baseball player – and you'd have to be – Oklahoma would have to be okay letting you do this. But I would approach it like it's your summer job. Like you're going to leave as soon as the school year's out, May, whatever, like right about now. You go join your baseball team. It's probably minor league baseball. You go play it until August, and then you go back and you play football because you can get that – the money, and you have that security, and then you can go back and play be a part of an incredible college football experience. I think the expectations on him are going to be crazy because of what Baker Mayfield did. I followed a Heisman Trophy winner. It's not easy. People expect you to do the same types of things. And uh, and you in baseball, like if, if you said right now he has to pick one or the other, I don't think he's an NFL player, so I would say go take the money and run. And that money's guaranteed. And you followed a Heisman Trophy and two-sport athlete. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, from Steve Moonley, who do you think was the most talented DB you ever played against at practice or in a real game? So... Oh, this is easy. Uh, Deion Sanders, <laughs> one of the best ever. But I will say this too. So when I got to Florida State, my, I went up early and it was one of the coolest things because we'd go out there and it was only players in the summertime. We'd go up there for summer workouts and we'd go throw one on one. We'd throw routes. We'd do a little bit of seven on seven, but this was no coaches were allowed out there. And Terrell Buckley, with this, he had just finished up. He was going pro and he was working out with us. And I remember him. He was, pretty nasty as far as just locking guys down too now they knew they was familiar with a lot of the routes because it was florida state guys but he could close like nobody else but Dion, i actually did throw him a pick six on monday night football when he was with the cowboys but my receiver slipped and fell down david Patton. we're not playing oh wow you said the name yeah no that was my receiver i'll, I'll throw him under the bus because he was, I was gonna it. say we're not playing the blame game and then <laughs> right. you said the, no. the receiver's name uh from justice max so this guy out here running his own twitter polls not just asking us the question but running his own poll uh which currently has 13 votes but who was better for danny's career tiki barber or ryan russillo what did the poll results show uh, I'm going to guess Rosillo won. 0% Tiki, 69% Ryan, and then he didn't list this in the question, but 31% Coach Bowden. <laughs> nice. I would say neither. I got cut from the Giants and I got fired from ESPN. So why would I say any of those guys were good for my career? Justice Mack ran another poll and he said, does Danny wish he had a front office job? Ooh, I would say if you could hand me the keys, I think it'd be pretty cool. Like John Elway got, but... John Lynch... Yeah. Broadcast. Yeah. I would love to do it. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think from that perspective, you kind of, but I don't know if I was going to go into either a front office or a coaching gig, I'd probably want to do something a little bit more hands-on where you actually get to be on the field at game level while it's going on, as opposed to having to sit back. That would drive me nuts. Like not being a part of the play calling, not being a part of the interaction with the players on game day. So you'd be one of those overbearing GMs. No, I would rather be a coach. I got you. Yeah, and if I was, if I, that's why I think I would be a bad GM. I would be an overbearing GM. From Donkey Punch 0007. Nice. The hard hitting questions now. Okay. Saw Tom Brady earlier this week. Yeah. What is the proper height for wearing a turtleneck? You are the foremost 
turtleneck expert, I think, in the United States. How high is too high? Ooh, that's a good one. I would say 6'4". That's my height. Is the perfect height. You don't want to have a long neck. Uh, you know, medium-sized neck is probably appropriate. And I would say never go with the mock neck. That's a bad look. There are a lot of college football coaches that have tried the mock neck. It doesn't work. It never worked. And I would say the texture, you don't want it too thick of a turtleneck because one of the ones I wore was too thick under the suit. And I think that was the one that got mocked the most. So you want to wear one that's specifically fit for wearing with a suit. Can't just have one turtleneck question. Michael DeRosa cracking me up. Danny, are you Uh ever concerned that the turtlenecks – will cut off blood flow to your brain. Are turtlenecks the real weapon Man. on the war against football? Maybe so. And I should be worried about maybe it cutting off the blood flow to my brain because I've had some bad takes. So maybe that's it. I feel like this this podcast is a lot of canel. Like I wish Raja was here. I miss my man Raja because I like a little back and forth. So I don't know. I feel like I'm talking too much, but you're doing a good job throwing me these questions. Hopefully we'll have a, aren't one a day that overload. you're out, one day that you're sick. We're yeah. going to have a Raja Bell Twitter yeah. Q&A, even though. He still has yet to develop a Twitter. Um, so, Danny, you were a two-time guest on fellow podcast, part of my take. This one from Jacob Martin, and he tagged Barstool Big Cat in there, uh-huh. where you talked about the war on the war on football. So how's the war on football, and how can we prove concussions aren't real? Big football guy here. Thanks. Love your stuff. All right. Financially, the war on football is failing because the numbers are up. The ratings are up for the NFL. The draft just had a huge monster numbers. But I would say the war on football from a grassroots perspective, I think football is a, is on the verge of extinction. I really do. Like in the next 20, 30 years, I think you're going to see a drastic change. It's not, and if it is around, it's not going to be what we were watching now. I think you're already seeing that with the conversations around kickoffs. Like I don't think that's going to be around for another couple, they're going to do away with kickoffs within a few years. And the, the question about how can we prove concussions aren't real? That one actually really bothers me because my view on concussions, I think, gets distorted a lot because when I say that, Set people them straight. Are like, exactly. So people will come out and they're like, oh, you probably don't believe in global warming or you don't believe this or that. CTE is real. Concussions are real. They're a very serious problem. There's something that we should absolutely look into and get as much research as we can. But the fear is outpacing the science right now. Parents, people, football players themselves are terrified and they should be concerned. I don't think they should be terrified. And parents are pulling their kids from the sport in droves. They're taking their kids out of the game of football because they're terrified of what it can do. And I don't think there's enough conclusive evidence. You have studies that are out there. Yes, there are football players that have tragically ended their lives. because, And, and then they've been postmortem. They've been diagnosed with CTE because they've studied their brains. But, man, I don't think there's anywhere enough scientific evidence that says – if you play football, you are going to get CTE and it is going to lead to suicide or some of the awful, tragic um, stuff that you've seen happen. I think you have to look at each one of those cases and say, all right, what part did drug abuse play in them? What part did alcohol abuse play in them? What part of mental disorders, family disorders that you might have in your history play on them? Because, yes, there have been over 100 guys and, you know, there have been 100 and 10 brains studied and 108 of them have had CT. It's some, you know, 98% of them, but it's a biased study. And I hate to get too like technical on you, but those guys were displaying evidence of the symptoms. They were, they're, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They were displaying, what does it go when you look on WebMD and you put in symptoms? Is that what it is? Yeah. 
That you already said symptoms. Yeah, that I already said symptoms. That's what they're already showing. So it's a biased sample. I would also love to know how many brains have been studied of people that didn't play in the NFL that have CTE. Because I think there are a boatload that are out there. And the opiate problem that our country is facing right now, how do we know those aren't turning our brains into mush? Because I think that is a huge problem. And I think they could play just as big a factor in CTE as playing football does. If you're going to quote Danny on concussions and CTE, yeah. don't take – a sentence, take that whole three minute segment. Yes. Give him I am full passionate context. about it. I can, I can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also passionate about the next topic, the yes. SEC. So we had some trolls. I want you to answer these quicker just so we're able to <sighs> yep. say to these guys that we bed. answered those questions. Yep. From PB Rock124. Why is has, <laughs> I'm not going to say it, it just speaks Don't for itself. Don't tempt me. Don't Why tempt me. is has the SEC dominated college football for the past 20 years? That's exactly how the question was written. First of all, it hasn't been 20. It's been about 10. And I would th- say the domination has been over-exaggerated. That's been my biggest problem with it. Yes, there was a stretch when they had seven in a row, six in a row, and they've had seven out of 10. It's been really impressive. But they've also had the benefit of getting an automatic berth, whether it was the BCS era and you had Bama get back in without winning the SEC, whether it was this past year where Bama gets a gift to the national championship over Ohio State who won the championship of the toughest college football conference this past season. And, yes, it was the deepest. The Big Ten was. Um, but they're the dominance – they, at the times when they were the best, they were better, but it wasn't that much different than the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, or Big 12. They're just not that much better, and that's what drives me nuts is that they're put on this pedestal like, oh, they're they're that minor league for the NFL. They're good. They're not that much better than everybody else. This next guy's handle says it all from Mad Online. Why does the SEC own everything about college football? All right, I will say this. They do own everything because of the money. Follow the money. And that Big Ten, I think that's a reason why the Big Ten is right on their heels because they're also one of the guys that have the best TV contracts that are out there. So, all the money. From the real TO14, why do fans of the bottom feeder teams in the SEC ride the coattails of Bama? And secondly, why are Bama fans okay with it? Because if you have nothing to cheer for, you're going to root for your conference, which is what most of the SEC fanboys do. And I've, I've actually had a lot of Bama fans that don't like it. So I don't know if Bama fans are okay with it. I will say this. I have no idea why Bama fans feel they have to get this SEC message because their track record speaks for itself. Just be Bama. You don't have to be SEC Bama. Just be Bama. You guys are awesome. I like these hypotheticals from Vincent Silva. Would you make this deal? You qualify to play in the U.S. Open, but Bama wins the national championship in football each year for the next decade. I don't know if you can take that. You can even choose which year you qualify and pick Pebble next year. Heck no, I wouldn't take this deal. I would take a deal if it was I get to qualify for the next 10 years. Every year that Bama qualifies for the national championship, I get to play. Trust me, I would have no chance to win. Neither would Tony Romo, who's out there trying to do it too. You would have a But I would love to. playing the courses. Uh, from Aaron Orozco, and I love when you can tell that these questions come from guys that have listened to the show throughout and stuff that have, have come from previous podcasts. <laughs> you mentioned your time with Chris Chandler in Atlanta. Have you seen him since? And if so, how did it go? If not, what do you think it would be like if you did see him? So I like Chris. Like, we had a blast together. He, uh, we played a ton of golf together. He's a really good golfer. He's better than me. I think he, he was coaching either a high school golf team, but he's got a great family. He was hanging out with them. I think it'd be fine. I'm trying to think of the last time I ran into him. It's been at least five years, maybe ten. I forget if it was a golf outing or something, but it would be cool. Like, I think it would be like you're seeing an old high school teammate or a high school 
classmate. I mean, that's kind of what it'd be like with most of the guys I played with. It'd be fun to catch up and see what they're up to. No beef. Uh, no, no West, beef at all. From Weston Lawrence. Rank these Michaels in terms of who changed their industry uh-huh. the most. Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, Michael Scott. That's a really good question. So Michael Jackson, king of pop. Jordan, the goat. Michael Scott, the king of the paper industry. I would say... Man, that's tough. I would probably go with one of the MJs. I love my love The Office. It's fantastic. It was great. Although it wasn't the original. No. Like, that's the thing. Like the, the original Office rip is off. actually pretty good with Ricky like Gervais. Like the original turtleneck where exactly. Tom Brady is. Yeah, he's the ripoff. Exactly. He's ripping me off. I would say Michael Jackson because you have Elvis Presley was the original like king of rock and roll. So I'm going to go with Michael Jordan, although there were basketball players before him. But I was a big MJ guy growing up. Michael Jordan, that is, with the poster in my room, like multiple posters in my room. Which one? The one where he's holding out the basketballs, and it's like the full – it was like six feet wide. And then I also had the one where he's doing the foul line dunk in the dunk contest, and it's like the side angle. It looks like he's flying. And then I also had the dream team. I was a big basketball nut in high school. From Rogue Oki, what is more important? And this one very timely, Mother's Day or – your mom's birthday. You can't win on this one. You better get both right. And you better get her gifts for both ones or else you're going to be in the doghouse. But I love my mom. A happy Mother's Day, mom. Happy Mother's Day. And her birthday is July 4th. So happy birthday coming up there soon, too. Go. Um, this one from a coworker of ours, Ryan Stryker, who helps out with some of our Twitter creations and social media creations. If you were arrested with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume you had done? Careful. Probably got into a fight with an SEC fan. Like they know, they know how much I get a hard time from SEC fans. That would probably be it. That this is or, terrible. Did you see the LSU fan, super fan that was murdered the other day by his neighbor? Oh no. Don't say this. Is this an, like that does kind of, my wife actually gets scared of some of the SEC fans. And there have been a couple times when I was at ESPN where I called ESPN security and had them just have, shoot a little direct message to a couple followers that were giving me a hard time because you get Harvey Updike. Like there are some nuts out there. There are people that are mentally unstable and some of them happen to be SEC fans. It does concern me sometimes, but fortunately I hope everybody realized I just like trash talk. I, I like going back and forth. I like the dialogue. I love passionate football fans and I hope people realize that including the SEC. What was the other option going to be? Speeding probably like going too fast or too many speeding tickets, but that's not that serious. I don't think they would. You can't get arrested for that. How about this next one from recurring guest yeah. of the podcast, Dan Orlovsky Seven, who's just blowing up in the NFL. Yeah, he's doing a fantastic football job media too. world. What five NFL players could put up the best run, not win, but best run against the Warriors, Rockets, Cavs, Celts, and why? We need a lineup here. All right, so you need some height. So I wish I could get a guy me, like Calvin Johnson who's done. Who's let retired. me throw but some I'm, options at you. I would put Calvin Johnson in there because I get, if I get like all-time guys like T.O. probably 32, yeah. So I'll get Terrell Owens. I'll get Calvin Johnson. I'll get any quarterbacks out. Like I know Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford are pretty good. I can eat a point guard. I don't know how their handles are, though. I don't know if they'd be able to hang. Maybe they could be a three-point shot There's from the outside. Guys, like McNabb played – yeah. Basketball at Syracuse. That's true, but he's, he's, he'd have to get oh, into shape first. Yeah, he'd have to get into shape first before he did. Jimmy right. Graham played basketball Oh, for sure. Miami. Jimmy Graham. Antonio Gates, all another one with weight issues. I don't know if I'd want him under. I would take Jimmy Graham in a heartbeat. So you've got three that are pretty good. Anybody even taller? Like, Julio, uh, Gronk. How about, I got one. Guys. I got one for you. What you got? Andrew Villanueva. 
for the Steelers. Isn't he like six Alejandro. nine? Alejandro, yeah. How tall is he? Yeah, I think six nine. Yeah, I would take him. You need a Just big man. The post. You need somebody, yeah, like your designated hacker. And then I need somebody. Like I wonder if Odell Beckham. I know he's a soccer guy, but like I need somebody with a handle. Like I could, I can envision Odell Beckham There's being videos kind of a of Russell him dunking. Westbrook. Have you seen him dunking? Yeah. yeah. So I would take him. Like he'd run the point for me because I have a feeling Ooh. he would play the game like Russell Westbrook. Just Cam. Yeah, but he's too selfish. <laughs> You don't want that on your team. All right, like a couple smoke. more. Um, from Funny Man One, another guy, Joe, who's one of our most loyal listeners and yeah. most loyal Twitter followers. This one really makes you think. How do Zambonis work? I grew up in South Florida. We didn't really have Zambonis. I have no idea. Don't they do something? All I know is after you go to a, a hockey game, you see the ice starts to dry out. Then they go out there. After the Zamboni goes, it looks nice and sleek and wet, like they put some water down, right? You have no idea? <laughs> I'm guessing, like, isn't it one of those things, like, you know the things that go concrete and they go over with the huge wheel like that goes around? Don't yeah. they have something like that? And then there's water that shoots out, and then they go over the ice, so it smooths it out, Just and it makes say it wet. it with confidence, Danny. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it does. Boom, right there. When's the last hockey game you were at? Uh, it's been a long time. Ten years, maybe 15. Yeah. It's been a long time. From Jason Stainback, what gas station has the best food choices here? This one might spark a debate. Oh, this is easy. Because I'm actually, my my wife is super healthy. She doesn't really have that best snacks that are around, so I'm often visiting gas stations to pick up stuff. I will say this. I moved away from South Florida to move to ESPN up to Connecticut six years ago. When I came back, it was like, I came back to the hotbed of gas stations. Like every one of them had been redone. The Wawa's around here are insane. Like in they absolutely, yeah, yeah, in a good way. Like this, all the food options, candy options, drink options, all of it, top to bottom, clean, like bathrooms. They're insane. Like That's what I, I like to hear. They're insane. Like it used to be like you didn't want to, you'd have to wash your hands as soon as you left the gas station. Like you'd have to look around. Was it safe? Wawa's off the chain. Wawa, sponsor us. Do it. Bring it. Have you ever been to a Sheets? I have not. I've been to a Flying J. Is that what it is? Those are probably the second choice I would go with. Sheets are – are they in Florida? I don't think I've seen a Sheets in Florida. I've seen them other places, but I don't think I've seen them here. But I've uh, heard they're pretty good too. So if they want to sponsor us, they can. From our guy, CB Morning, always coming through. And Raj is not here. But do we <laughs> think – we don't know this answer for sure. Do we think Raja finally got his first win in Fortnite? See on that David Price – yeah, exactly. Carpal tunnel syndrome. He definitely has it from Fortnite too, because he's definitely getting it. I would say no, because I follow Raj on Instagram. I think he would have put something out there, or he would have come it. in here and told us about it. So I'm going to say no, not yet. All right. I wonder if one of his kids have though, because they're probably more dedicated definitely. than he is. Yeah. Uh, now we move to the Instagram portion of the show, and this one from E. Deberardinus. Oh, who's that? Just happens to be not me. It's my sister. <laughs> oh, no way! Shout out to my sister Elizabeth What's for her? this oh, okay. one. You guys are both E's. Both these. What's one talent you wish you had? Now, is this like super talent or is this like anything. a superhero talent? She messaged me yesterday said, does it have to be sports related? So no, this can I just love be it. anything. That's a great question. Good job. I would say I wish I could do a couple. Like I wish I was a musician. I wish I was musically inclined where I could go to a piano and just play or pick up a guitar and play. Does that count? Like that's two things. Yes. But I wish I could do that. Like I think that's really cool when you go – to a wedding or in like there's a piano somewhere and somebody just goes over and starts playing and every athlete wishes he was a singer and every singer wishes he was an athlete. I like, mean, you did none. both. 
Exactly. I'm a, I'm a dual threat. From eight of 18, how far do you hit a seven iron? Good question. And why don't you like free Travis Matthew hats? I don't know why they said that because I love I Travis. You Travis Matthew is my guy. That's that's my favorite hat to wear is they, Travis Matthew and gear across the board. They're great. They're actually friends of mine. Uh, I would I do pay for their I have paid for their hats. They're worth it. Uh, they have the best golfing hats on the market right now. Seven iron. I used to. Should I give them the used to number? Or I should give them the number currently. Currently, I'm at like one sixty. I used to be able to hit it like 180. I had back issues, so I can't get as much rotation now as I used to. So I, I've lost a little distance with the iron game. So I'm going to have to start switching to the How is the golf shafts. game? Not bad. Actually, since I moved back, I've been playing with my daughter a bunch. Like, we go out and just work on the Not short game. yesterday. Yeah, exactly. So I've been playing a lot more recently. I'm going to try to get back to scratch. And I'm going to try to do it with my daughter. Like, that's why it's, it's fun because she's out there playing. And she's getting pretty good. So I'm going to try to get it back to scratch. I'm a five right now, so i got to get it down a few strokes. Bad. From Brandon Gilbert, who will be a breakout star in college football this season? Ooh, that's a good one. I would say he's not a break. I would say like a Kyler Murray, if he stays at Oklahoma, I think he could be. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't follow enough recruiting and stuff to get out there. Oh, what's my man's name from Clemson? Sunshine. It's uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, I think he could take the job from uh, Kelly Bryant at Clemson, and very well. Tua, well, I should go with Tua, but I think like he's already broken out, even though he played the one game at Alabama. But I feel like Tua Tagovailoa or Trevor Lawrence are going to be going toe to toe, one of the two best teams in the country, and they might even square off in a national championship game. From Jared Wirtz, our last Instagram question, just a few more. If Debo, Raja, and Hannah took the SAT right now, and you had to throw a thousand dollars on one of them, <laughs> who do you choose to have the highest score? This is a really very good question. In this this one. is a very good question. You guys are all smart. Set up some qualifiers. Don't make <laughs> anyone mad. So Debo went to Penn State. Hannah went to Syracuse and North Florida. Is that what she yes. went to? Went to two schools. Raja, FIU degree. And Boston. Raja's and, and BU. He's a smart guy. You guys are all pretty smart. Like that's a good thing is that I think these would all be really impressive scores. Ah. <sighs> I'm going to go with my man Raja just because I want to give him some shine here. I think you would be really – I think you're pretty smart. You work hard. I think you probably were studious. Hannah, nah. same boat. You weren't studious. You weren't a good student? You had a good Decent. time? Yeah, you graduated though. That's all that matters. Um, so I'll go with my man Raja. Of course, right below mine. Right, of course. <laughs> right before my 1600. Um, I'm going to ask you just a couple here yep. that I just made up okay. just as backups. But yep. we had a great response. Okay. I'm going to do a couple more. How many windows do you think there are in New York City? There are six million people. This is there a question are. I used to ask, like in interviews. Yeah, it's like, a good interview. one. And there's so there no are, right answer, but if you give a wrong answer, it's very obvious. Yeah, so I think there's, I think the population of New York City is six million around that. I'm gonna say there are more windows than people. No, I'm not. Hold on a sec. I'm gonna say four million windows. Do you know the number? Is no, there an answer? There's no number. There's no answer. I <laughs> so, would say a lot more. Really? There's no answer, but I'm going to put that as a Twitter poll. But I was just thinking based on the on population, because I've spent a lot of time in New York City. There's a lot of a lot of windows, obviously. But if you put every building that there's, was filled with people, there would be – wouldn't there be – There's more More windows? windows? Yeah. I don't know. This is what you come to – That's right. The I don't for. know. I think there would be just less. That's a good – I like that one. What was the last photo you took on your phone? 
Uh, the last photo I took on my phone yesterday, Golfing. I was, yesterday I was with my daughter. We did some photos. Um, oh, here we go. How about my daughter and me at the course the other day walking out to the range? Adorable. Yeah. That's so I have to post one. that one out there. Uh, what's the last thing you Googled? Let's see. It's probably something with my daughter as well. How do you even look that up? Like, is it, I guess yeah, history, history, my daughter, what did we Google the other day? She's always grabbed my phone. So I, my daughter does not have a phone. She's 11 and she's kind of ticked off about it. Cause a lot of her friends have it. She's getting to that. She's constantly grabbing my phone and saying, Hey, I need to find this out. Probably something like how to make slime. Like that's all the rage right now. Something like that. Dad, I got to delete one of your tweets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do we got here? Um, how's the gambling going? Uh, since Patrick Reed. So it's been a little bit of a dilemma for me because I'm, I've never had this problem and it's a good problem to have because I hit it big. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna get some of this money out because all I've done is put it in and it's taking forever. I actually through this process have opened a Bitcoin account to try to get paid, which is fascinating because that thing goes up and down every day. But, um, I, I, I talk about gambling a lot. I love doing it, but it's very, it's a very tight range. Like I don't put that much money into it because I don't want to go out there and lose everything. Uh, so I would say, like it always has, it's up and it's down, and it's probably mostly down. Because I think it's the hardest, dumbest thing to do to actually make money. And my thing is, I think the successful gamblers probably get about a 10% return on their money, maybe that. If that. And I'm always trying to double the money. So that's not a recipe for success. Go-to dance move. What's that? What's oh, your go-to dance move? The head bob, like stand in the back, off to the side, kind of, you know, just kind of Get a little head bob, maybe a little bit arm action in there. Get a little bit, get the crowd up. But uh, yeah, I'm not push going all in. Push them yeah, up. a little push them up. Yeah, a little bit of that. Last question here. Slow dance guy. You ready? <laughs> yeah. How do you think this podcast went? Uh, too much Canel. Way too much Canel. We need our boy Rajah back is what we need. You've done a good job. I feel like it's too much Canel. But thanks for the questions. Learned about Appreciate that. it. Yeah, I hope so. A side of Canel that you've never heard before. Uh, thanks for checking it out. If you stuck around this long god bless you it's been amazing i uh, hope you everybody has a fantastic weekend we will be back on monday the full cast of characters of off the bench and uh, make sure you go follow us on twitter and instagram at canel and bell go download subscribe on itunes and you can find us anywhere the podcasts are available 